0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Motor Madhouse, back for another episode. Uh, my name is Mike, joined by my good buddy Steve. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Good. So last time we talked, you uh, were trading your Camaro for a BMW, and I, I see it sitting behind your right shoulder. Yeah, see. So, if I so tell me about right it.
1: So that is a... So BMW uses chassis codes a lot, so if you become a BMW or any German car nerd, you know all the codes. So that's a G87. What they call it. So um the big reason kind of went after that car is well people hate on it for its looks, and that's okay. I guess I don't really care. But um it has all the components of the heavier cars, like uses the same-sex suspension, drivetrain, like diff, trans, motor, everything. Um, like if I go underneath there right now, it's all stamped BMW M4, right? And that's the the eighty thousand dollar car, right? Um but it's a little bit shorter wheelbase a little bit lighter not much lighter but a little bit lighter so it's just overbuilt like it's really tough um and again as i said last time it's the last manual bmw that uh they're going to be coming out with um so had to pick it up right so we were kind of chatting about it a little bit before it's 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 a quick car um so and i've been reading a little bit more about tunes now and e85 tunes stuff like that and people are just doing tunes, downpipe, and uh, E85, and there's 760 horse, right? So not bad. I don't know if I'm gonna go that far with it. I'm probably just gonna try to lay down times at Juliet, but uh, <laughs> so, we'll see <laughs> the Autobahn racetrack there. So, but yeah, there you go. It's, should be a fun little car. And then underneath is my wife's car. That's her. She said I couldn't have a fun car unless she did. So, so that has the <laughs> the B58, which is in the Supra, the new Super Motor.
0: So nice, it's a nice little his hers package you got there stacked. Yeah, there, yeah,
1: yeah. Her plate is actually, yeah, like says wife on it, basically. So <laughs> <she said> to, <laughs> just to call herself out.
0: But, yeah, but yeah. I don't think we even talked last episode. We even talked about the project I have over to my left over here. You can't see on camera, the but Galaxy here. Yeah, the Car, you actually went with to pick up with me about what maybe three months ago now. Yeah. Um, it's a 66 Ford Galaxy 500 and i'm not the biggest ford guy i like all cars but i always been a gm guy but something about this one just really grabbed me um it's got it was fully frame offed but it's a real nice rust free colorado car um with the original paint and it's got one of the coolest patinas i've ever seen it's a uh, light blue with a white painted top but the hood and the top of the fenders are just faded down to like a rust tone. It's not rusty. It's not crusty and nasty. It's a real smooth. I think somebody might've scotch right it and kind of worked it a little bit, but, um, it's a really cool natural patina. So I'm planning on locking it under a clear coat once I get it where I want it. But the previous owner was a guy in his sixties and he frame off the entire car. So that it's got four wheel disc brakes, uh, coil over shocks, and uh, the springs in the front. And, uh, set up for four wheel disc brakes he, he didn't put them on the back yet so gotta buy the kit but it's got a dual master cylinder conversion uh it's got 18 inch brand new wheels and tires on it it's all painted beautifully black uh, so it looks like a complete frame off car polyurethane bushings so it's got old and faded on top but brand new underneath and it currently this is kind of what sweetened the deal it has a 2014 coyote 50 from a f-150 mocked into place um I was kind of excited. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it when I bought it. So I got it home and I was like, well, let's see what it costs to get it running. I knew it was too good of a deal to even, just no matter what I did with it, it was going to be a good deal. Right. So right. I, I got it home and started pricing, uh, I think I believe, I called Power by the Hour. They are, they're a huge support company for Coyote Swaps and great company to deal with. They had everything for this car if I wanted to go that direction. I mean, all the brackets, power steering, air conditioning, shifter, clutch assembly, uh, all the all the components inside of the Dakota gauges and all that. So they had it, everything. It had an was... auto trans
1: in it right now. i had like a five speed auto, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's out of like a town car. It's nothing special. Okay. So that's, that's the other thing. It's not like, it had the, what's the 60, MT-82. 60, or no MT82. Yeah. Sorry. That's the manual. But yeah, I didn't have that trans so that that would have been a little nicer to be able to recoup some money from that. But, um, after I priced it out, it was just too much to go that route for where I'm at. And time wise, um, you know i got a bunch of little kids and a full-time job so i was being realistic going well it's going to cost more than i paid for the car just to get that motor running with a good trans and if i'm going to do it i'm going to go t56 or or tr sixty sixty. um so that's just a huge expense so i started pricing <laughs> it out and i was like well what if i could just find a nice 390. so i got looking and i couldn't find a motor for a while and there was wasn't anything that looked that great until one day i found a 65 galaxy that was uh, over in Indiana, and it had a 390 four-speed. Uh, the car had been rear-ended, um, you know, no interior, smashed back window, but it ran and it had a top loader four speed with a drive shaft and a windshield, which is also missing on my, my first car. So I was able to get that entire car for the price of what I'm selling the coyote for. So basically, I got my drive shaft, my windshield, my motor, my trans, my pedal assembly. Um, and the pedal assembly alone is like 800 bucks on eBay for these. If you want to go to a manual trans. So it was a really good deal. So I've been toying with the motor in my driveway of the parts car out there. I've gone through the ignition system now. I uh, just did valve seals and just did an oil change. And I haven't popped it over yet. Um, I just got changed the plug wagers. That's, that's where I'm at. I haven't <laughs> had the time with the kids and try to record the podcast and all that and waiting for the snow to fall here. But, um, that's my plan is to take all that out and put it into this car, sell the Coyote, and this will be our family cruiser for the summer.
1: Nice. Yeah, that, I remember picking that up with you. That's just, it's a really good looking car. Like, <laughs> that's going to be a nice project.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to have ever done. So anyways, on today's topic, we wanted to talk about the greatest flops uh, of car models that come to mind. Um, obviously, there's way more <laughs> to go through than we have time to talk about, but we kind of, we each picked a couple. Uh we haven't discussed what they are yet. And we're gonna gonna uh, overlap
1: on maybe one I I can think of, but we'll see. I picked a few extra just in case. So
0: that's exactly what I did. I got some plan B's and C's and D's. There is a lot of them. I I, to pick one or two. I know for sure you won't have one of them that I picked, but uh because it's not uh, we'll explain it. But uh, I'm guessing
1: I'm assuming that you did the same thing. Like I was thinking flops, but that were still good cars, right? Like I'm not gonna say like some are okay i was gonna say the ford pinto which wasn't technically a flop they sold 10 of those but you know what i mean like also wanted to kind of be like that was kind of a decent car actually right like yeah nobody wants
0: to hear about how the chevy chevette was a bad car (laughs) right right exactly (laughs) exactly so why don't we alternate you go first explain what you picked um i got the screen share set up so i don't know if you can do it on your end or you just when you say the name i'll type it in and pull it up i
1: can say it um so Trying to see which one I want to start with. Again, I thought about this a lot of different ways. And maybe I might throw a couple in here as honorable mentions later. But uh, the the big one that came to mind for me is the... Now, again, I'm going to say that. Maybe I thought about this differently. But the Chevy SS sedan. Okay. And I'm saying that yeah. because it was a sales swap. Uh, it was a great car, but and Chevy and i'm i'm gonna always probably lean on chevy's a lot here because i think chevy does such a good job of making a chassis and they make such good motors but then they somehow just don't do the exterior the way they need to do right um, right so chevy ss was essentially kind of the continuation of the pontiac g8 right so um and we we got in the form of a police car as well so i think your your dad actually has one right the caprice yeah caprice ppv yeah, which is a little bit longer wheelbase. But I think it's got the LS3 in it. Um, you can get it with a manual trans or an auto. Not, it's not a great auto, if I remember correctly. I think it's the 6L80. Um, be a T56 otherwise. Or, yeah, T, T56. But out the door, 44000 I think they look okay. But fun fact about these things is chevy never made a single advertisement for this car ever they never marketed it and it's it's the ss like they're using (laughs) they're using their nameplate for all their popular cars and it should have been the coolest thing ever but it looked a little bit too much like the impala right um have you ever driven one no um I've owned a g8 GT that
0: was supercharged a 604 wheel horse so that was very similar automatic trans um my dad has a my mom actually has a, a caprice PPV which is a similar car with uh just a six liter uh not quite the ls3 but um I've never been inside one of these but there I imagine it's just a better
1: version of those two yeah so the last year the Caprice, I think for the cop car actually used the door panels and stuff from this car so that's like the one to get um I can never remember the years I think 2016 2017 but yeah they made this car for a few years they sold like three four thousand of them a year in the U.S. here and um I've driven two of them now my buddy had an automatic and then he sold it and came back for years and got a a manual of that blue that you're showing there Okay. And, um, th- the, interesting thing is again, big BMW guy, I to with that a lot. Right. Um, the E 39 M five is like God's gift to sedans for BMW. Right. Everybody loved that thing. And the Chevy SS is like within an inch of every measurement, right. Um, same wheelbase, same width, same body length, height, um, horsepower figures are even like similar. And, um, it's one of my favorite driving cars I've ever driven. Like I had my Camaro at the time and I drove this and this is definitely slower, but man, just to get a Brown town sounds awesome. Really comfy. You can get the end out, the rear end out if you want. Um, but nobody suspects it. And I actually liked it better than the CTSVs. Vs. Um, I would be my opinion. I just was a little bit like a little bit more fun, I guess is the best way I could put it. But
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I like things that you don't see quite as often. Like I I've, I love CTSVs. I've had a couple first gens, but you still see them fairly often. I have probably seen less than ten of these things in person. The Chevy SSs. The first time I saw one, I was at a uh, car dominium show, where it's basically like airport hangers full of cars for like very wealthy people where they store them. Is out right. in Naperville, Illinois, which is a very affluent area. And I I think it was like the, the year they were new. Um, <laughs> It's quite a while ago, and uh, I saw the one in that real vibrant green color, and I was just like, "What is this? Like, that's not a G Eight. Like, well, I've never <laughs> heard of this." And I think you were the one who told me years later they never advertised it. Yeah. I mean, I'm fairly in the know. I don't watch modern cars like you know reviews and all that super close, but usually I know when something cool is coming out. Like it's it gets around pretty fast. But this thing just kind of
1: snuck onto the scene. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and the problem with this, my buddy who has one is the OEM parts to get them are it's impossible, right? So I think like I'm trying to remember the common part, I think it's the windshield wiper cowl cracks, right? Just can't get them, right? So people are just storing ray right parts whenever that one crashes, they just grab the pieces up and they're not quite the same as the Capri, so they're not quite the same as the Holden right? That it's kind of somewhat based off of. So some of those are really tough. So the big thing that people are getting into is like 3D printing some of these custom pieces. Uh, But again, I I think it was such a cool car. If it would have been a little bit more aggressive and they would have advertised it, I think it could have done well and actually like been put up against the M5, right? At the time. And then the CTSV existed, but that was, what that's probably was like a 60 Thousand sixty five thousand on a car at the time. I mean, this was sitting right. Sydney, um, but all of our enthusiasts that wanted the V eight manual sedans didn't buy them, right? And, I, and I'm in that group. Apparently, right. <laughs> I should have bought one, yeah. but uh, but I did not. So, well, that's but, a, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, that was the one I was worried um, about. You maybe picking so. Uh,
0: you get real, real close, you're gonna find out. Um, so oh, okay. for then I know I know what you're thinking then <laughs> for for my pick, I just gotta add one letter to yours. Oh, I did not get this one. okay. I have, I have okay. Seen... It has all the inconveniences of a short cab truck <laughs> without any of the utilitarian <laughs> abilities to redeem it. It's not a car, it's not a truck. Nobody really knows what it is. It has a forty eight inch bed. It's a two seat convertible. Um, it looks like a cartoon drawing of a 1950s truck done by a child, and its only redeeming quality is that it has an LS motor. And we we're talking, of course, about the 2003 to 2006 Chevy SSR. So, I super <laughs> forgot about these, like, but I've everyone seen did. <laughs> it's they're. Uh, I don't know how this are really made it to production. It looks like a concept car that. It was just a bad idea from the get-go. Um, as I did some more research, turns out it weighs 4,760 pounds, has a towing capacity of 2,500 pounds. They're only available in two-wheel drive. And it's essentially a short cab truck that can't really be used as a truck because it can't really tow or haul anything. Um, and it wasn't even that fast. It was available with an LS2 6 liter in the old five oh six years. But even then, with the weight, it only had a 060 in 5.8 seconds. So... It never really made it into the performance car category, and it wasn't really a truck. It, it's just fascinating that this thing was produced. And they only made twenty four thousand units from two thousand three to six and never sold more than nine thousand in one single year There's still more in the ss
1: sedan, which is crazy. <laughs> That's uh, the that those got sold. <laughs> well, I think this had a little more promotion around it, yeah, and right. uh, I, I think that was their whole like. You know the the '05 Mustang came out and retro was cool. And yeah, yeah, that happened. So Chevy's like, yeah, let's double down on that. And you saw things like this. <laughs> so. The problem
0: was Ford did a good job of making it look retro. This one, I don't, I don't know who this was for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's got curves where it shouldn't. It's all plastic. Like a car that's supposed to look retro, you're gonna at least have to do chrome bumpers or something. You know, well,
1: what was um, the other one they did? The HHR, right? That yeah. Was the... Yeah. But
0: I think that one price sold a, a little better. Like I knew a couple of tradesmen that used those just because they were cheap. They get a base model and you just fold all the seats down, and it was a cheap little gas efficient vehicle that they could haul tools around in.
1: This thing I don't know what you do with. <laughs> I mean <laughs> this makes me want to find one of these though, because like talk about a wild project car. Like well, you know, the other <clears throat> one I was
0: gonna pick was the Plymouth Prowler, and it's very similar um as far as the market failure. Um that, that one was a little bit more uh, or, or less exciting for consumers because it was available with a V6 and only an automatic trans. These were only autos too, but um, and,
1: and they and sold all the like PT a cruisers. Rugster. They they sold all those PT cruisers because of the Prowler, basically, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I remember I wanted to talk about the the Prowler a little bit because I remember uh, the first time I ever saw one was 1998 at Wrigley Field. Uh, we skipped school and my whole family went to a Cubs game, and it was Sammy Sosa day. Um, if you remember Sammy Sosa, the Boy. great home run champion against, you know, Mark McGuire. Um, so they presented him with a Plymouth Prowler and they drove it out into right field. And it was the first time I saw one and I was always in the car. So I was like, I want to like that thing, but there's something odd about it. I don't know. It's just, it's too over the top. <laughs> the proportions are weird. It's all plastic looking. And then you find out it's, you know, V6, it's not a VA. It's not even, there's like 215 horsepower or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but the thing, to your point, kind of like the SSR uh, the, and the Chevy SS, the Chevy SSR and the Prowler, not a bad car to invest in. They are holding value very well. These things are still high teens, low 20s for a decent one. Prowlers are 20 to, you know, if you find one with a thousand miles,
1: they're like 40 grand. Yeah. Um, so when SS sedans are whatever their window sticker was, right? Like, there's... yeah, those
0: things never depreciated. <laughs> yeah. So as much as a commercial failure as they were it, if you find one that's a good deal pick it up and toss it in the corner of your garage for a decade and see what happens
1: Man, I, that's a good one i didn't think about that thing at all like <laughs> well at the time though what so what was they were also making the silverado ss right yeah it's so kind right. of a weird move on their part in a way i mean it was a different market for sure but like in the lightning i think second gen was still maybe being made so like they weren't really competing with those trucks but i don't know what they were doing right like yeah that- <laughs>
0: I saw one of these when I was in high school and it had to be about a year old year after they produced. I think it was my junior year. Um, so after they stopped making them, but one of the gym teachers, he was like this big like built bodybuilder guy that was probably in his early fifties, but just lifts a lot. And uh, he it was his son-in-law's car and he drove it to school one day and he pulled out what we were all at gym class or recess and, He's like revving it up, acting like he was so cool, and he, he was like Bowser in this thing with his head above it sticking out of the windshield. And I was just like, that, "There's nothing cool about what you're doing right now." I never want to be that guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was very, very cringe. <laughs> but um, cool.
0: except I knew I had an LS2 in it, so I was like, "Well, that's pretty sweet. It sounds nice."
1: Yeah, I don't think they. But, I don't know if they had a manual option on that either. Oops. I don't believe so. I think it was it was basically a two wheel drive truck. I
0: mean, it, the, the weight wasn't far off of a fifteen hundred short cab. Only they weren't four-wheel drive and they couldn't... I mean, a, a Roadmaster station wagon can tow twice as much as it. So yeah. it was just a very... <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't check any boxes for any practical use.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to imagine the buyer of this, right? Like, So, I mean, this is what happens when the Camaro is not produced for like... however <laughs> <laughs> yeah. years it was out? Like, I don't know. We'll try an SSR maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> All right, what do you got next, Steve? So I'll I'll say honorable mention. We don't have to bring it up, but like a way I was thinking about going into this too is I thought about the new Chevy Blazer and the fact that it was a complete flop and that they should have went the way of the Ford Bronco, right? Because Ford did that and I think selling like hotcakes and the new Chevy Blazer is an Equinox, right? Like, So as much as I love Chevy, I don't feel like they always get all the pieces together. Like they don't quite get everything they get like a couple things great and it seems like looks <laughs> like building a car that actually looks the way they need it to but but the one i'll, I'll get off of chevys i decided i'd go something completely different and one that you might not know much about is the volkswagen phaeton so it's p-h-a yep um it's an early 90s car right uh i think early 2000 oh no
0: okay yeah. okay i was to get something else
1: so, weird move on their part, right? Volkswagen um, has Audi as a brand. I think, I don't know at the time if they owned much else, because now they own, Volkswagen owns Porsche and Lamborghini and all those, but they wanted, their their CEO at the time wanted to make this super luxury sedan, and he had all these crazy requirements, and I've, I'm, I'm going to misquote this, I guarantee it, but... I think he wanted the Phaeton to be able to go 24 hours in 115 degree weather, keep the interior of the car 71 degrees and, and be perfectly comfortable the whole time. And he also wanted the air conditioning to not have any vents that were visible or like that you would feel the air hitting you. So like, again, it's just weird requirements. And they did it, they, they did all these things. So they made this car, this super luxury car um, to rival all luxury cars. And they had a W12 motor in it and just, you know, different v- a V10 diesel was offered. And they put underneath the Volkswagen name, right? Like, so you could just imagine the kind of people that are gonna go buy would be the customer for this. Uh, that probably would not be driving it themselves, right? Somebody else be driving them around. And they're next to the guy who's buying a GTI, you know, or right. a, a rabbit or whatever. Um, so total failure, awesome car in the used market. If you want to buy some weird, like super luxury car that drives like a tank, that will probably cost you a million dollars to fix the motor, but um, but just a total failure. Like, you know, I, I forgot what the project cost them, but it was billions of dollars, right? To develop this car because they, they had nothing to pull this from. They, they kind of just started out enough. I mean, they might have used A8 or something like that, the Audi A8 as a base, but still, like, they really pushed all these boundaries and just total sales failure. <laughs> just awful. So, figured to go a completely different direction than Chevy for sure. Yeah, that's, I
0: was not familiar. Well, oh, there's a car in the early early 90s. Uh, Joe Rogan was talking about, you had one when it was new recently. I looked it up. It was some weird Volkswagen with a similar name i'm trying to blink on it but it you said it had like a removable tape player that you pushed out of the dash and took with you so no one would steal it like before that was like <laughs> an you know a aftermarket thing people were doing
1: it was so they had a couple of weird cars i forgot there's a sirocco but that was that was kind of a different car they had a vr6 in it um and i'm trying to think the other one that was kind of strange um sort of a c actually that yes, making.
0: that's that's that uh, Corrado
1: Carrado. That's the one. Uh, you had, Yeah, that goofy thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So,
1: so that also had a VR six option. Um, I'm, okay. I'm pretty confident anyways, I've driven one of those with a 2.8 in it. And um, my friend is this programmer, he's a genius, and um, he programmed for us at my company, and he reprogrammed his own control system for the whole car. So he got like a processor and a LCD screen, and he made his whole and it controlled his car too so he could pull up metrics of his car but um yeah that was a that was a weird car and like it had all this he had cams in it and all this stuff and I mean it was significantly slower than my BMW like <laughs> way <laughs> slower and the motors in there wrong right like that's that's the biggest problem with it um so it, it's front wheel drive but yeah I will say I don't hate how it looks. So that first one, that first blue one, I think kind of looks. No, yeah, that's there's, LS. Yeah. That's LS swap car for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen a
0: like a lot of the Nissan 300ZXs. I've seen people are LS swapping into now, because those were kind of another market failure with engine problems and whatnot. But very cool looking and futuristic, and good platform still to build something off of. Yep. So there's a lot of those with the foreign cars. So for my last one, this is completely other direction. It's in the General Motors family. Um, This one, it's not so much as a failure as the other ones. Like the, you know, the company didn't misread the room. I think this was an intentional. They didn't care what it cost. It was a giant flex to the rest of the world to show what America was capable of. But it's just one of the most astonishing cars ever made. Um, And I'm not sure you're going to be familiar with these, so... I'll give you a little history lesson. It's the 1957 and 58 Cadillac Eldorado Broom. So this was the car to have if you were uh, a wealthy individual in the uh, late 1950s. I don't know, like J.P. Wrigley, Frank Sinatra, um, anybody who was, you know, a top one percenter at that time. Uh, this was the car to have. So, it featured all kinds of crazy options. Like, for instance, uh, it had a stainless steel roof. It had uh, suicide doors with a pillarless four door. So, there's actually in between the two doors, there's a support beam, but it's completely pillarless four door with suicide rear doors. And the options on this thing were years, decades ahead of their time. It had not only self leveling air ride suspension. Um, it had dual memory seats that were completely mechanical. Um, it had a power trunk that not only released, but lifted all the way up and closed itself. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. It had air conditioning, power windows, you know, stuff that would be pretty common in a few years. Um, inside the glove box, it had six magnetic shot glasses that laid down on the lid of the glove box, a cigarette dispenser, uh, a makeup holder for women, um, I'm trying to think what else. There's some other just goofy, goofy things. It was just a party on wheels. I mean, they wanted you to just drink and smoke and cruise around this thing in the 1950s because, you know, there are no rules back then. Um, but the astonishing thing about it, between 57 and 58, they only made like just north of 700 of these things combined over oh two God. years. <laughs> and it gets crazier. The... Retail price on this car was over $13,000, which is about 10x. So it's about $130,000 in today's money, which that's not unheard of. There's cars that cost that.
1: Yeah, black the Black wings set now, right? like
0: Yeah. But <laughs> the problem is, it was uh, Cadillac lost $10,000 on every single unit. Oh, they cost 23000 to make. They lost a combined $7 million in 1957, 58 money just to make this car to show the rest of the world what they could do. And I think they went into it knowing they were not going to sell these things for a profit. Um, but, you know, part of the advantages of fighting a world war and not being the home team is if you're a first world industrialized nation is the rest of the industrialized world has to rebuild their countries for the next couple of <laughs> decades. because everything's yeah. in ruins from being bombed and,
1: We didn't find the Germans weren't coming out with any hot cars anytime soon. (laughs) No, so we kind of owned
0: the car market, and everyone came back from the war, you know, atop of the world with their morale and popping out babies and factories. Everything's made in America. The economy was on fire, and they just started making crazy stuff. And nobody told anybody no. It was just insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the '50s all the way up to this, even like the early '70s, how every single year the car was different they would retool everything um like the logo on, on the podcast that was my 59 buick it's one of my favorite cars ever but it was a one year only model um and a lot of cars were like that and a 1960 buick doesn't look that much different like if if our wives saw it they'd be like okay yeah the headlights are flat on one they're pointed on the other but it looks like the same car but there's so many minor differences that not one body panel interchanges the dash doesn't change no interior parts overlap even the frame is different. It's a perimeter frame on 59, it's X frame on 60. And they went through all that retooling for one production year. And every year they were doing this, just new stamps for every fender, new stamps for every quarter, body molds. The only thing that interchanges from 59 to 60 is the the glass and the driveline components. It's it's absolutely insane how much money they're putting into each project.
1: I always say that's so wild because that's like kind of the era my dad's from. Like, uh, so he was, I don't think when he would have been born, he's 80 three right now i'm just not gonna do that math but anyways uh so he can see a truck and it will be parked Is like oh that's a 53 shabby truck i'm like how do you know that's a 53 exactly like and just it's this one minor thing that he can pick up on but yet he can't remember our neighbor's name right like it's just (laughs) crazy but (laughs) but like yeah all the differences in those models is wild but yeah My, my dad actually bought one of these two thousand and
0: four or five ish is the first time I saw one. I remember it. he had it in an enclosed trailer in our driveway, and I was like, "What is this?" Because he was doing a lot of muscle car stuff all the time. So all of a sudden, he showed up with this fifties car. I was like, "Oh, it's pretty cool." And then he started showing me all this stuff, and I was like, "What? Oh my gosh! Like, these are shot glasses <laughs> inside the car. These are from the—they're all Cadillac and Sigma on the glasses, magnetic Sick. bottoms. It's just the most politically incorrect thing you've ever seen in your life. But um. <laughs> <laughs> uh and once again another solid investment these a good example goes from 150 north to 200 grand at auction these days for these cars oh I um, bet. and you can't clone them as a stainless steel roof uh there's what's out there is out there and then how many are left who knows but only 700 to begin with so but in today's money i mean 70 million dollar loss and two years of production of 700 cars <laughs> you know, <laughs> could you imagine any manufacturer like any cfo being like yeah let's let's do that it's a great yeah. idea we'll just show <laughs> show rolls royce that, that we're better than them yeah it was exactly. uh wild though but yeah very very cool piece of history
1: they still use that trim name on or they did for a while right like there was other yeah yeah, yeah. Remember, they, like, they, there's a they fleetwood did a, and i think as well right yeah
0: fleetwood's your four-door hardtop sedan or four-door uh hardtop uh yeah. Yeah. That's your four-door hard top is your Fleetwood four-door. Um, and then into the nineties, they still had the Fleetwoods. We, we grew up with those 94 to 96 LT ones <laughs> Those mm-hmm. were kind of the last f- uh, full frame V8. Uh, They're the bigger backseat, right? Like the, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of caddy guys regard that as the last true Cadillac was the 96 Fleetwood. Cause even the Devales of the time were front wheel drive with the North Star. Yeah.
1: But, that's yeah, what yeah, I had. had. I had a 4.9 North Star and a front wheel drive yeah, four door It's like a... seven quarts of oil yeah yeah and the yeah. body's uh all plastic right so you'll see one and be like oh that's pretty clean still and then you look underneath it's just all unibodies right away, right like yeah yeah and that's where the the fleet are full perimeter
0: frame um it was basically a 1970s chassis just brought up to speed with an lt1 and modern air ride and whatnot for the 90s but we had two of them growing up i learned my i mean, i got my license in one or started driving to school. After I got my license. And until I stayed up for my first car, which was its cousin with the Buick Roadmaster. Cause I, I liked them so much. I mean, they were 15 second cars. I mean, it would do a mile burnout with the one tire, just first through second, just see you know, this big giant caddy, just smoking the tire. It was a blast. We, you know, when you're 16 years old, it was the coolest thing. And such a sleeper too. I mean, not fast, but it's fast for what it is. I mean, it would, Yeah. in high school, it was faster than most of our kids' cars. Just this giant boat that had been in four accidents well but, it's torque
1: uh, too right like it's <laughs> not torque
0: yeah three three 330 foot pounds <laughs> right. but yeah it was a good time but yeah i, I figured that'd be a good pick because you never No, heard that's of the, that, that's really roam. good
1: yeah all right well you want to start the uh do you want to do the bottomed out thing yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then I got a couple of trivia questions for
0: you. Oh, I forgot with. about so, those. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, OG. so bottomed out, this is our weekly segment where we talk about cars that are probably as cheap as they're ever going to be. And if you're going to buy one, now is probably the time. So, Steve, OG take OG what do you got. No, I OG. Okay. OG. All right, well, you're going to see a pattern with me in these first few episodes because <laughs> what i'm what i'm gonna talk about is the cars i've been playing with recently and i'm only playing with them because that's my mentality on them is they're just too cheap right now um so i think right now one of the best examples is the 99 to 04 mustang gt the sn95 of new edge mustangs um you know they got their shortcomings they're not crazy fast they're but they're, they're, they're powerful and 30 years old they're, when they're
1: brand new, right? Like,
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> but they're, I still think they're cool. I, maybe it's a little bit of nostalgia. Cause so my best friend had a, uh, had one in high school. So I just actually, the car I just had was the twin to his high school car. And you know, when I was 16, it was like unattainable. Cause like, I think his dad paid it for like 11 grand for that car. And I was like, oh, I can never afford that. And, um, when I found that one, I was like, Oh, I got to have that. It was, it was my first modern Mustang I'd ever had. Call that modern is kind of funny, but my previous <laughs> one was a 73. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think those cars are a good buy. I mean, you can find rough ones for like under three grand, and then real nice ones you can go score a super low 30,000 mile one for like 12. So, you know, they're, they're you good said. buys.
1: I, I just saw one for sale, it was 10 grand, it was super clean. I'm like, maybe, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there's so many different flavors you got the Mach 1s, you got the Bullet. Uh, you got the the Cobras, um, the GTS, and then uh, the 03 to '04 uh, Cobras. Those ones are, you know, really kind of coming on. Those things are twenty to forty grand, depending on mileage, and condition, and history. So uh, so Especially like
1: Mystic. School. They had Mystic Blue in those too, it was right. Yeah, was it Mystic. Was it Mystic Blue or something else? It's that like greenish, purplish color that they had, right? That changed colors. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I feel like that's been one of the cars where, you know, uh, when my kids see it 20 years from now, they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I bought one of those for five grand when you were two years old. They're like, What? How? <laughs> you know, it's going to sound so cheap because um, that's just that gets you nothing these days in the performance world. So getting a manual trans rear wheel drive, a car that can hang the rear end out around corners. Yeah, it's a mid to high 14 second quarter mile. It's nothing special, but there's unlimited aftermarket support as far as um you know body features body kits performance parts there's guys coyote swapping them ls swapping them um i think they're cool looking cars i I really do like them i know they they kind of get uh you know people kind of sleep on them because the the retro ones came out in 05 and that was way cooler because they they did a great job bringing back the retro and even those things now when i compare them like the mustangs got so much cooler since 05 that mm-hmm. the first generation retros
1: like no i almost
0: rather have a new edge because they, they still had a four six it wasn't like it was mm-hmm. that much more performance and if i want a retro one i'd buy a coyote or something well and they
1: had the coyote in the in the retro one in the s 197 i think um in 2011 to 2013 right so you could get those ones in the coyote but yeah in that new edge if you get those like a nice wide rear tire on them a little bit of drop like they look so good
0: like
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. And actually I didn't even think about how cheap those have gotten. Like the other thing with them is everybody modded them out or crashed them into a tree or, overcrowded crowd of people. Yeah. Right. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, so like,
1: there, there aren't many of them actually clean still. So that's, that's a really good one. I think I Have to buy a shop. I just need to get some storage area and start putting these cars away, <laughs> keeping them safe.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how much money I would make if I had money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's had some money, right? Like <laughs> I just need just need to get rich and I could get really rich. You great well so mine is really on point with this one, right? So I think we talked to, I think it was you and I were talking about this. The O three oh four um Mustang was called the Terminator, right? Because mm-hmm. the Camaro was stopping production. They kind of said that it stopped the Camaro's production. It recently. terminated
0: the F body. Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's,
0: that's the rumor. I don't because I don't think it's kind of like the Pontiac GTO was called the goat and Pontiac hated that, which, uh, cause it was like, they called it the goat cause GTO looked like goat. Like all, the, the, the consumers started calling it that. And then like, to be like, to get somebody's goat, like it was the butt of a joke at the right. time. Now it means greatest of all time. So it would have been great, <laughs> but that wasn't, that's not what it meant in the sixties. But Terminator, I think was also a consumer name that it, they labeled it. So it was never marketed as that. There's no badges there's no option, but the o o with the, the supercharger, the independent rear suspension, that hood, that's, they, it's known as the Terminator widely in the Mustang community now.
1: Yeah. So that whole era is weird because I remember that, like, that's what I was getting out of high school, right? This The Camaro disappeared. And I think really, this is what happens to the Ford and the Mustang, is whenever the Camaro doesn't exist, they just kind of get lazy with it, right? So I think that a whole... I think it's S197, I think is what they called the 05 to 2013. I don't like that car. I, I think they were just lazy. because, like, well, who do we have to compete against. Right. You think about it. The, the Camaro came out coyote motor came out a year later, right? They, mm-hmm. they had to push things and obviously they were developing that motor for a while, but still. Um, but what I think about is in that era that I am my car is the Pontiac GTO as you said, um, the fifth gen one right oh four to 2006 yep they started with the ls1 and 04 and 2005 2006 they had the ls2 they kind of added the little hood vents on there um well they aren't the prettiest thing and i know they kind of look like a cavalier or a sunfire i guess of that era um you see those for like eight grand right now and man, it's a good motor. Like, I mean, if you're going to go buy that motor and trans to go put into your 240 or whatever, right? Like it would probably cost you five grand. Might as well get a whole car while you're at it and get a GTO. So yeah. Um, I see some of those and those are hard to pass up on it. They're clean. Like I've been in a few, I've never driven one yet, but like they're a bit heavy, but they're independent rear and they, they get around corners and just throw money at it and make it a 10 second car. You probably won't ever get it much below that without some serious work, but
0: right. Yeah, those are, you know what's funny is now that we just hit New Year's, uh, it's funny to say that car's officially 20 years old. Yeah. Then the new GTO is an yeah. antique, unreal. Um, but I remember, I mean, I think we talked a little bit in the last episode. I, I grew up around Pontiac GTO, I was going to nationals. I mean, that was my favorite car. I mean, 70s mm-hmm. my favorite year. GTO enthusiast. So I was obsessed with GTOs in that car. When I heard it's coming back out, I was so pumped. It's like the GTO is coming back. And then I saw the prototype. So soft. Yeah. I was like, I was like, it looks like a Grand Prix. Like, well, you got to be kidding me. This is it. And then, okay, it's got an LS1. It's cool. It comes in a six speed. But that first year, it was like, it was like a 1420 or 1410 quarter mile. It wasn't even like that great, you know? And yeah. then they, they redeemed themselves a little bit with the LS2 and 0506, But then my younger brother has had two of them. He had a LS one and then an LS two and I've driven them and they're they're good cars. I mean, there's the seats are super comfy. I mean, yeah. it's, you can drive them all day long. I mean, LS motors, you're getting 20 plus miles per gallon. Um, so I got, they kind of grew on me over time. And now when I see one, uh, I still haven't owned one, but I, I've come close a couple of times They're They've grown on me. I, I officially accept them as a performance. <laughs> <car>. <laughs> and and uh, you know, there, it was, it was an effort, you know, they tried but um but then the Mustang came out you know i was like they did such a better job why can't pontiac do that right going retro
1: yeah i agree i think that kind of that finished it off when they like kind of got that retro down really well um but i would still own one and again maybe it would be sitting right next to my new edge mustang mach one or whatever right (laughs) but like but i think if i had those sitting in my garage i'd probably drive the gto more yeah Um, i think it was just a better driving car from what i've read about it but Again, I don't know if that, I can see, I can see it being forgotten and maybe like some obscure person really wants one, like, you know, some like 20 years from now. But I think you're right. I think the Mustang will probably do better for a while because it's always going to be the Mustang. People <coughs> remember it. But um, I don't think that that GTO is ever going to be less than an $8,000 car. Like
0: No, I, no. I and
1: just anecdotally speaking about that Mustang that I've only had just the one I had
0: uh, last spring that I sold um it was a completely original car 160 000 miles but it was super clean and had 100 stock i mean exhaust which is like unheard of on mustangs they all got straight pipes they all got uh, loudmouth pipes and the guy who bought it actually flew out from north dakota to, for him and his son to drive home as a project so they flew out here and, and i'm we're in illinois and they drove it all the way home and he called me he goes you have no idea how hard it is to find a stock one He says, we've been hunting and hunting and hunting he goes we're willing to fly and drive it home because they're all just so modified and hot-rodded. Kids get a hold of them. Mine was a one-owner, female-owned car from new until 2021. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was kind of a you know needle in a haystack to find one like that. But I couldn't believe the how easy it was to sell. So that kind of shows if you find a clean example, just hold on to it because somebody's going to be nostalgic down the line. And they're going to want a nice stock-dependable car, not some hot-rod that's been you know ridden hard to put away wet. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cool. Okay. Well, Steve, before we go, I got a couple trivia questions. I want to rapid fire at you and see how many you can get. Some I kind of curtailed to you. Some, some are going to stump you, but we'll see. So number one, how many cubic inches was the first small black
1: Chevy? Oh, geez. Oh, was it a? I, I, I'm not going go to be nearly as good. as This is a 289. Um, uh, I don't know. you not
0: too far off. You're in the twos. Uh, 265. 265. Ugh. Yeah, was late 54, early 55 came out with that motor. I knew it was um, 200.
1: I couldn't remember the exact number. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, then they went to the 327, and the 307, then the 350 ultimately. But um, all right, so here's one that you should get. Which company uses the catchphrase, the ultimate driving machine? Whoa.
1: Okay, BMW. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I don't think they still Forget do, it. but yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a little, uh, might be a little out of your your wheelhouse, but I gave you a hint that should help. Which Mopar muscle car was introduced in 1968 to compete with the Pontiac GTO? Hint: They needed copyright approval from the Warner Brothers for the name.
1: Oh, I um, think. Gosh, why can't I get it's. <laughs> like you made this so easy that I can't say it out loud. It's uh, uh yeah, the Roadrunner. Um, there you yeah, go, Plymouth yeah. Roadrunner, which was the car of the year in 1969 by
0: outselling the GTO, so they seceded. Okay, uh, next one we already talked about, which two years of the Mustang Cobra was referred to as the Terminator, but we already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here's a fun one that we kind of touched on but didn't say what model year was the Chevrolet Corvette the only L? LS powered performance car available
1: from General Motors. Ooh, uh, would that be 1997? No, oh, you're looking. You deep.
0: are technically. I. You're right. I wrote the question wrong. You're right because the the F body still <laughs> had the LT one. So that's one of them. I, there are two. Uh, <laughs> 2000, 2003. Uh, the F-Body was out of production. The oh, GTO didn't come into 04. Yeah, I didn't think about so that. I was
1: thinking about when the C5 yeah. started and it had it. Right yeah, there.
0: see, I was so focused on car production ending and starting. I forgot that Camaro was a year behind with the motor change. So yep. I could have phrased that differently. But very unique year, 03 for GM. Corvette was the only performance car you could buy unless you could the SSR, a performance car, which. Well,
1: I, I still don't think they knew, like, what they had with the LS motor. Nobody was, like, they. people knew that they are okay, but, like. Nobody's really swapping those things yet and building the LS, right? Um,
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to give you that one because you were right. (laughs) I wasn't wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Poor questioning. This one's you probably won't get, but it's a little fun fact you're going to like to learn. So Henry Ford was kicked out of his first car company called the Henry Ford Company in 1902 by the board of directors before starting Ford Motor Company. What was the Henry Ford company renamed under the new CEO? Hint, it was named after the founder of Detroit.
1: I don't know who the founder of Detroit is, so that doesn't help me. But um, for some reason, I thought it was another one of the big three, right? Like, was it Chrysler that um, took over? I don't remember. I, I guess I'll... You're
0: close. You got the C
1: at the C. It's Cadillac. Cadillac. Okay. So Henry Ford indirectly founded Cadillac so he, uh, i knew it was it was something like that like he indirectly basically got one of his competitors started
0: yeah so basically he got a bunch of investors together he had a prototype car they said let's do it and the investors wanted to mass produce but henry ford discovered that these things are really fun to drive so he wanted to take all the money and see how fast he could make of the car so he kept building a race car prototype so he just kept making (laughs) spent all the money trying to make the thing go faster and they eventually said like this is not what we agreed upon like you're out and they just cut him out. He took his severance package and started Ford motor company. And then they probably weren't too happy to see (laughs) he's on his own, how well he could do with best producing, but yeah, uh, yeah, little, little fun fact. He founded Cadillac indirectly.
1: That's interesting. I, I somehow knew that fact. I remember hearing it somewhere, but I obviously misquoted it. So
0: you're close. You're close. So, well, anything else you want to wrap up on?
1: No, no, this is one. So.
0: Um, awesome well yeah guys uh if please if you're listening go over and uh leave us a review on iTunes or any whatever platform you're listening on check us out on youtube like and subscribe um over to instagram at the motor madhouse and give us a follow there and check out some great memes and car content but uh once again thanks for listening
1: i'd say also add in any um uh any cars that you think were flops right that maybe yeah had. yeah yeah leave it as a comment if there's something that you think
0: was better if there's a if you can think of a larger money loss than the elder i mean i don't know much about foreign cars maybe mercedes or rolls royce did something like this in that era but i'd like to learn about it so leave a comment and let us know which cars you think were market failures so all right peace bye